A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. In the first book, Theophilus, I dealt with all that Jesus did and taught until the day he was taken up, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them by many proofs after he had suffered, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While meeting with them, he enjoined them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father about which you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. When they had gathered together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He answered them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has established by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took them from their sight. While they were looking intently at the sky as he was going, suddenly two men dressed in white garments stood beside them. They said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing there looking at the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will return in the same way as you have seen him going into heaven.
A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, may the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, resulting in knowledge of him. May the eyes of your hearts be enlightened, and you, that you may know what is the hope that belongs to his call. What are the riches of his glory in his inheritance among the holy ones? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power for us who believe in accord with the exercise of his great might, which is worked in Christ, raising him from the dead and seating him at the right hand in the heavens, far above every principality, authority, power, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. As he put all things beneath his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. Jesus said to his disciples, go into the whole world to proclaim the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. 
They will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoke to them, was taken up into heaven and took his seat at the right hand of God. But they went forth and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word through accompanying signs. Verbum Domini. The language of scripture is not always our language, and yet uh, that does not mean that we should only go with what we understand because we are part of, uh, we are receivers in every way. Our life, our, our nature, uh, our heartbeat, our breath, these are all gifts from God. And yes, we have to say yes, we have to take care of ourselves and do what's necessary. And yet, health itself is a blessing. In our knowledge too, we do not know when we are born that Christ himself has died for us, that he has descended into, <laughs> into hell as it's said, that is, for those who have died before his time, because only in Christ do we find salvation. In him we are reunited in a new and more perfect way than even Adam and Eve was united to God. That this is not something we know at birth. It's not something we know, although we are created to know it, we don't know it just by nature. So when it comes to the ascension of the Lord, this again is something outside of our our day-to-day -day life. Now today we can fly in planes, we can ascend into the heavens, and yet this is an entirely new mystery. So when the word of scripture, how our how actual revelation says, although remember we're reading translation, that the inspired text of the New Testament is in Greek, that, but still in the way we say it all the time in the creed or is that Christ himself sits at the right hand of the Father. So Jesus says, was it not necessary on the way to Emmaus that the Christ should suffer and so enter into his glory? Now from the first moment, the human nature of the Christ, the human nature assumed by the second person of the most holy trinity, God the Word, was perfect. And yet even he, the God-man developed in a natural way. You know, so the little 
think about this great mystery of the little zygote, as we call them now, zygote Jesus, uh, traveling in the womb of the Virgin Mary and bringing salvation, bringing redemption already to John the Baptist and to Elizabeth, his mother, in, in the visitation. Again, none of these things we would know without the power, the dynamise, the dynamite, having been given to the apostles, having been this being experienced and proclaimed through the ages now, that we are totally dependent upon receiving the good news, the gospel. And so it's not enough just to allow uh, our our children to um, come to faith on their own. <laughs> it has to be proclaimed. Faith comes through hearing, and yet all are given sufficient grace to be saved. So Jesus seems to be very mean here and say, those who do not believe will be contemned. Perhaps they have not heard the faith, and so they don't, there's not the proclamation of, of Christ, as we would hope, or that Christ has been proclaimed so terribly. So we, are, we who are called Christians are anointed. We are with Christ, we who are his body, already ascended into heaven. That we live the life of God, we pray, and this life is to be a proclamation of Christ, that we are a letter, we are the aroma of Christ in this world. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is there is possibility outside of the proclamation of the gospel through the work of the Holy Spirit for those to come to faith, and yet when it comes to our life, sometimes we say, well, it'd be better that they not say no <laughs> or because of our poor proclamation. And of course, we barely do evangelization uh, proper, so to speak. Uh, and yet we have the most holy Eucharist. And we have the gifts and the grace of baptism. That we are united with Jesus Christ, our one priest of the new and eternal covenant who enters a sanctuary, as in the words to use Hebrews, made, not made by human hands. So we have the most glorious sanctuary made by human hands in the world, and heaven itself is so much more beautiful. But, uh, but for now, uh, even more beautiful than this is the humility of Christ who continues although he has ascended into heaven, is now not located in one place, is not um, restricted to Galilee, that his real body, blood, soul, and divinity, that in his sacred humanity, he can be present in all the tabernacles of the world, so he comes to be with us even until the end of time. But when we say, at the right hand of the Father, Again, it's like, well, we keep saying that, but we don't know what it means. That 
he has that, as he says as, after, uh, as he is ready to ascend, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All power. So he exercises even more perfectly his priesthood, his uniting us with the Father, and he always lives to make intercession for us. So when we say that he is at the right hand of the Father, this is the proclamation of the power of Christ in the entire world, his kingship, his care, his uh, immediate and uh, immediate and dynamic, to use the word power, dynamic uh, presence. So by ascending, he, he hasn't left us alone. Say, okay, now he's out there. We're waiting for the Hubble telescope to find him. No, we're not abandoned. He's present in a new way that is understandable only in love and in faith. Again, this is something we must receive. That just as the apostles were won over, convinced of this, they're filled with joy at his final departure. So our Lord had said, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all to myself. Now this is true in a, a special way of, of the passion. But when our Lord ascends, he ascends with the wounds of the passion that we are uh, drawn up to him in heaven, drawn to him in the place where God is. And already, again, in the Holy Eucharist, that heaven itself is present when Christ is present because he is our heaven. And he also said, in my Father's house there are many rooms. I go to prepare a place for you, and when I go and prepare a place, I will come down again and take you to myself, that where I am you also may be. This is true, again, already in the Most Holy Eucharist, that he comes to take us to himself. He gives himself totally to us once more so that we would give ourselves totally to him in love. Again, by nature, by in our frailty, when we come to Mass, we don't always realize these, these thoughts, these realities, this beautiful gift. And yet, he is here an absolute condensation, not condensation, <laughs> condensation, coming down, humbling himself once more daily in the same mystery. It's not another mystery. It's not another time. Christ himself, because all the mysteries of his life in here come, are contained in his heart, Wherever his heart is present, these mysteries are present. So coming down to us from where he has gone before, he comes, he prepares a table for us. 
and gives to us this same mystery of his passion, death, and resurrection when once for all he gave himself for us. No matter what, death does not have the last word. One's going away into the realm of God entails at the same time a new closeness. This is not just for Christ, this is for all. That our Lord sits at the right hand of God, that means that he participates in God's rule, and not just to think of rule as, you know, dictatorship or again far away, and his pastorship and his pastoring of the sheep. When he says, come to me all you who are heavy burden, heavy laden, and I will give you rest, that I am meek and humble of heart, that in all eternity, in and through his humanity, we enter into the communion of power and life with God. Again, this is made most perfectly true for us, well, in all of the sacraments, especially in baptism. And in this period from the ascension into the Pentecost, a special time to stir up the grace of God, the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, given to us in a new way and confirmation. But entering into this uh, taking to himself in the most holy Eucharist. He has not gone away, but is present with us and for us. And in every place, and especially before him present in the Most Holy Eucharist, we have access to God. That God himself is interceding for us in the Son and in the Holy Spirit that we do not know how to pray that the spirit within us groans with, with uh, praise with these groans, too deep for words, in that total giving of ourselves to God. He has totally given himself to us. We are to totally give ourselves over in love to God. This is what Our Lady did. This is how Our Lady prepared as she stays with the apostles, waiting in the upper room where the Most Holy Eucharist was, was in the Holy Priesthood was founded, so to speak. That Our Lady prays with us now as we prepare once more for the gift of the Holy Spirit in our life in Pentecost. So that's for us this week to recognize that nothing we have is our own. Everything is absolute gift from God. And to give ourselves entirely uh, back to God in love, open our hearts to those graces, those gifts that he wishes to give us, especially the gift of his, his joy, his love.